It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, on this ninth day of January, 2014, actually today is my 46th year anniversary, I was told. (laughs) But anyway, we're here today with our technician, uh, Stretch, and uh, John, our our Jay Basser, our co-host, and... uh, of course, I'm Gerald Cook, and today our guest speaker is Paul Sullivan. So uh, he he's always uh, someone we love to have on, and hopefully we'll get him on here uh, uh, real quick. Uh, how are you doing today, John? I'm doing good, Gerald. Just sitting around waiting like everybody else is. Well... Uh, yeah, it's a uh, quite a deal out here. How's the weather there where you're at? Is it any better than here? It's pitiful, looking pitiful outside. It's been pretty pretty rough here, but it's better than what it was. Yeah. yeah uh, Paul, how are you doing today? Hello, Paul. Oh, there's Ashnot. Ashnot, how are you doing today? <laughs> Am I better now? Better Can you hear me now? Yeah, oh, there you are. Oh, I was here. I've been here, I promise. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you had me that's, muted? That, that's all right. Uh, how you doing, Paul? Freezing, freezing. Oh, you're. I'm freezing. getting uh, feedback, 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 feedback. Oh, you got feedback. Well, maybe I'll quit here in a second. Okay. Um. Some feedback. Now. Okay, it's gone. Okay. Yeah, it was just the machine needed warming up. Everything's cold around here, so. It was zero here, I think, on Tuesday, and the wind chill was minus 16. It never gets that cold in Washington. Minus 16. I think John uh, there, he had minus 30. Ouch. And uh, wind chill. I know I had uh, minus 25. I don't know what stretch had down there in Arkansas, but it was. I'm sure it was good and cold. <laughs> it was good and cold down there. So, oh, this is uh, quite a deal. Uh, kind of the storm of the century, I guess. It's global warming at its best. Oh, yes, yes. This is global. Well, global warming is very real, and it just means that storms are getting worse. So if you ever hear anybody say that global warming isn't real because of this cold snap, they're on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be very clear about that. <laughs> okay. I'm out. Um, but, uh, oh, uh, give us a rundown. What's been going on here with SVA? Oh, when are we going to go live? We're live. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you got to tell me that before I start talking. <laughs> All right, you owe me one now. I owe you one. Well, I thought I'd suck you in here. <laughs> I, I feel like Reagan that one time when they were hooking him up to the microphone. Yeah. And President Reagan in the 1980s looked at the, the uh, technician from the TV company and said, well, what happens if I push this button? Do I nuke, like, Russia or something? <laughs> and everybody apparently, like, was shocked and stopped moving around the uh, the entire TV studio because the, Reagan didn't know it, but the microphone was live. Oh, my. I don't, th- I don't remember that one. <laughs> but, 
but that's okay. I think they all get caught with their open mics. Uh, sometimes that's good. Well, I'm doing great here in, in Washington, D.C., at, at Bergman and & Moore, and, and we got a, a list of really hot topics of stuff that's going on in Washington. Um, I was hoping today we could talk about uh, VA's claim backlog, which is still at $1.4 million. Uh, we can talk about um, VA Undersecretary for Benefits, Allison Hickey, and how she said that uh, VA is going to eliminate the backlog by 2015, but she said VA is only going to be able to do it if there are no new benefits for veterans. We can talk about that. Um, another idea to talk about is um, VA proposed a rule back in October mandating that veterans only use VA's pre-printed forms to apply for disability benefits and then to appeal a VA rating decision. We can talk about that. I um, also want to go over you know, some of the things that we've been posting up on our uh, Bergman and Moore blog at our website, uh, vetlawyers.com. Uh, and one of the things that we posted recently was VA's new benefit rules for traumatic brain injury. So how do those topics sound today? Well, they sound good. You just pick out which one you want to par up. We'll go after it. Well, just interrupt me anytime we got uh, questions on all this stuff. But the uh, first thing... Uh, oh, uh, let, let me do this. Let me give out our call-in number in case we have someone here that might want to call in. Uh, first, I have to... Uh, there it is. Uh, uh, folks, if any of you have a question or comment, uh, feel free to call in. Our number is 347-237-4819. Now, this call-in number, once again, is 347-237-4819. So uh, feel free to give us a call. We'd like to hear from y'all. And uh, uh Go ahead, Paul. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I should have done that in the beginning. But uh, Oh, no, we we love to take uh, calls and questions from uh, veterans and family members and, members and people who care about uh, veterans. veterans. I'm getting a feedback loop again, guys. Uh-oh. Okay, keep going. See if it wears itself out. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about this morning was uh, VA's claim backlog. Um, just want to make sure we set the record straight on this. VA has one term to use when talking about the number of veterans waiting for benefits, and there's actually a, another more real and accurate number. Let me explain. VA created this term called the backlog, and you can put backlog in quotes, you know, those air quotes, you know, where people lift up their fingers and make quotes in the air. Well, VA calls the backlog a very, very limited way. It's defined very, very narrowly. Here's what I mean. VA considers the backlog of claims only those new and reopened claims that have been pending 125 days or longer. Okay? So using VA standard of defining the backlog, the backlog has actually fallen by a third, and that's great. It fell from 589,000 claims waiting four months or longer to about 395,000 claims at the end of 2013. So over a year's time, the backlog inventory fell about 200,000 or about 33%. And that's great news. VA should be commended for that. We really want to let really them know. Let them know that that's great. However, as Paul Harvey used to say, now here's the rest of the story. What VA ignores is the overall total claim inventory. What about those claims that are waiting between one day and 125 days? What about appealed claims? What about claims that add a dependent like a spouse or a child? What about claims for accrued benefits? Those are benefits that VA pays 
after the veteran died. Okay? Well, here's the bad news, and this is what veterans really ought to know. The number of appealed claims has risen 5% to an all-time record high of 266,000. Okay? Award adjustment claims, those are up more than 100,000, a shocking increase of 35% in the last year. And those accrued claims, that's claims that VA is having to work on because the veteran died while waiting, those are up 17% to a new high of 15,000. So what's happening at VA is the total number of claims has remained about the same at 1.4 million. What's happened is that the type of claims that are in VA's inventory has changed. There are fewer of the VA's, quote, backlog claims, and that's good, but what's bad is that there's a lot more appealed claims, award adjustment claims, and accrued claims, and that's what VA's not telling veterans, and that's what Congress and newspaper reporters are starting to understand about how VA is trying to hide part of their problem. Well, that's, uh, you know, it's so underhanded and disgraceful that uh, they would do their veterans in such a way just for the sole purpose of eliminating their uh, uh, due compensation. Uh, you know, a lot of these veterans are, are so very sick, and and uh, uh, their their families are hurting. It's it, it's not only the veteran. This this incorporates the family. Anytime you mess with a veteran, usually they all have families, and and uh, it, it's just not right. You're you're right. You're right. And uh, they shouldn't be allowed to continue these uh, types of shenanigans. It's just a ploy to to uh, keep the thumb on a veteran, keeping squashed down. And uh, Congress, I actually, I had I know Congress gets lied to, and and Congress knows they're being lied to. But yet I, I don't understand why Congress don't step forward and resolve this issue, which they can. You know, that's a good question. And Congress did um, did ask VA for a plan to fix the claim appeal nightmare. So there's good news. On December 11, at a Senate Veterans Affairs Committee hearing, Chairman Bernie Sanders, who is definitely a really good friend of veterans in Washington, uh-huh. uh, he ordered VA to, quote, uh, he said, VA must focus on the appellate process. Uh, this is a large part of the claim system, and it is not receiving the attention it deserves, unquote, uh, Senator Sanders said at, at the hearing. He also ordered VA to come up with a plan. Um, to be delivered to senators by the end of January 2014 on how VA is going to fix the claim appeal backlog that hit that record 266,000 with an average wait of four to five years. So it looks like, yes, we've got some senators that are definitely on this. I mean, if you have the chairman of the committee blasting VA and demanding action at a hearing with the national press there, you're getting somebody's attention. Now, let me change gears a little bit. There is a bit of a problem in Congress, and and I'll I'll tell you you're right. Um, I think most congressmen, in fact, all of them are are well-intended. They want to help veterans. However, let me give you the example of the House Veterans Affairs Committee. Every time there's a new Congress, you know, every two years, they, they've been changing the chairman, okay? Every time there's a change in a party that controls Congress, there's a change in the chairman. And it seems every two years there are changes in the subcommittees. And specifically, there's one congressman. His name is John Runyon. He's a Republican from New Jersey. He's a great guy, former Philadelphia Eagles football player. He's been the chairman of the House Veterans Affairs Committee 
and their subcommittee on disability and memorial affairs. And that subcommittee is in charge of VA's claim, delay, and error crisis. They're supposed to fix it. Well, Congressman uh, Runyon, the chairman, has held lots of hearings. He's hired staff. He's doing a great job. But guess what? He's going to retire at the end of 2014. So now there's going to be a new chairman after just four years. And part of my concern is, you know, as a veteran is that sometimes VA takes advantage of that. And VA will say, oh, well, all of the requests that that congressman made, well, they're all gone now because he's not there. We'll start all over. Every time Congress wants to have a new hearing, a new investigation, we'll start everything from scratch. Well, you have a point there, uh, Paul, but uh, at the same time, why would it take four years to unravel this mess? It don't take four years to to come up with a workable plan. You know, I, I think you're right. Um, in principle, I would agree with you. You know, and I've been working with congressmen and, and helping out veterans for, you know, 20-something years now. Um Chairman Miller, I think, wants to do a good job. He's uh, uh, the congressman from Florida, Jeff Miller, uh, uh-huh. Republican, and he is the chairman of the full House Veterans Affairs Committee. And basically, he's the boss of Congressman Runyon. Well, Chairman Miller has been trying to get information from the Department of Veterans Affairs, specifically the Veterans Benefits Administration, about all the claims problems going on that veterans keep telling him about and that the numbers clearly reveal to be a very significant problem. Well, VA doesn't even give the the numbers, the documents that Chairman Miller asks for. Uh, So Chairman Miller actually set up a web page at the House Veterans Affairs Committee that lists all of the requests that the chairman has made to VA that VA has not answered. That's just tragic. I mean, that's VA politely thumbing their nose at Congress saying, oh, you can ask for it, and you have a right to it, but we're going to wait until after the next election when you're not there to give it to you. Oh, and you'll be gone, so then we don't need to give it to anybody. That's basically what VA is saying. Well, all that needs to be changed. Uh, There must be uh, some, some action that can be taken, Chairman Miller can take, uh, a drastic, at this point in time, it needs to be a drastic movement to, uh, I mean, a real attention getter uh, to uh, nip this in the bud. Uh, uh, The B.A. has been playing this game for how many years? Over 100 years, I suspect. Oh, the VA has been playing this game for, for forever, and, it, and it's, it's really sad. Chairman Miller has done some really strong things. For example, I'm just relaying what he said. This is not my opinion. But Chairman Miller called for the removal of Allison Hickey, the Undersecretary for Benefits. Yes. Uh, he also, Chairman Miller, called for an end to all these bonuses that the VA officials were giving themselves. You know, you and I talked about this before, how top VA officials were giving themselves $30,000 a year in bonuses while the number of veterans waiting for benefits went up, the length of time it took for VA to process claims got longer, and the mistakes that VA was making held steady at 30%. So I, I think Congress is trying but Congress is up against a VA that won't share information and it will just delay, delay, and hope Congress goes away. But this is not new, so I feel that Chairman Miller, although I, I, I consider him one of my heroes, I, I'll tell you the truth, uh, I know what he's up against, and, and I, I don't know what to tell him. I don't know what his authority is. He's, he must have some kind of authority that he can he can uh, uh, bring someone accountable. Uh, I, I mean, there's some people need to be in jail over this. Well, 
part of part of the whole process is you have to have an investigation and uh, you have to have hearings and congress can't even get the information to hold the hearings and that's just tragic that's what veterans need to know and reporters need to know yeah I, I truly think uh, you know congress cares um but these these VA officials just seem to be giving themselves bonuses as the situation gets worse and worse and worse. But let me tell you something else uh, to go on to to part of the subject is um, <laughs> VA still keeps making a lot of mistakes. Now here at Bergman and Moore, we help veterans with their disability claim appeals, right? right? Well, one thing that we've seen is that VA makes mistakes and a lot of claims. That's why it's really important that if a veteran doesn't agree with a VA rating decision or a VA board decision, that the the veteran call and and get help. It could be with Bergman and Moore or it could be with somebody else, but the veteran really needs to get expert help to to see what uh, what VA did on their claims. And here's why. The American Legion went to a bunch of VA regional offices and the American Legion found a VA error rate of 32%. Look, in plain English, that means VA makes a big mistake in one out of three veterans' claims. And, and Gerald, I want to be very clear here. These veterans, excuse me, these VA mistakes are not in favor of the veteran. The VA mistakes hurt veterans. Well, my opinion, they're not mistakes. It's by design. And, uh, uh, of course, it's such a deal that the VA can say, oh, my land, we overlooked that. Uh, we're sorry. And that, and the, the same mistakes keep cropping up over and over and over. You're right. You're and, absolutely uh, right. So why is that? And... Uh, so lack of training. It, it's not in one regional office. It, it, it's it's in all the regional offices. So therefore, that tells me it's a common practice as an acceptable practice to make these mistakes. Uh, because it can be wishy-washy. It can say, "Well, here's something here. We can go either way with this." And, uh, uh, you know, some way this got to be able, uh, the veteran has to be able to combat this, and it shouldn't be every independent veteran that comes in the door have to figure out what kind of a mess he's got himself into or herself. <laughs> I hear you, Gerald. I hear you, Gerald. Let me add one point, though, just so there isn't any confusion. VA's Office of the Inspector General has now done an inspection of all 56 VA regional offices operated by the Veterans Benefits Administration. That's the agency that's run by Allison Hickey, the Undersecretary for Benefits at VA. The VA IG inspections have found that some offices are really, truly horrible. Los Angeles at one point had an error rate of 50%. Oakland and some other offices, that was in the 40% error rate. There were some offices, I believe like Maine and, and, and some, some of the smaller states, they had much lower error rates. So what I've found in my experience going around uh, and visiting VA regional offices is this. There are a couple of factors that tell you how well a VA regional office will perform. One of them, you're exactly right, is training. Okay? If the employee is not trained, they're not going to process the claim right. Another issue for VA regional offices is staffing. If an office is chronically understaffed, that means the employees are going to be in a hurry to process claims. Okay? Also, even if there is enough staff, if the office has a lot of claims or what the VA calls a backlog, then those VA employees are going to be in a rush. It's that rush where VA makes mistakes. Okay? So we got to make that very clear. Another big problem that VA has and why there are differences between offices and why VA is making so many mistakes is that VA simply has not made it 
a leadership priority. And we got to be very clear on this. Um, an error rate for the last four to five years at VA regional offices has remained steady at about 30%. That means the leadership's not working, the training's not working, the staffing's not working, and it might be in part because VA has really complicated claim rules that a lot of us believe are adversarial toward veterans. There's this new uh, idea coming out called the Regulation Rewrite Project. I haven't looked into it a whole lot, but I understand it's supposed to make the claims processing a whole lot easier. Um, That's what VA should be doing is making the claim process easier and simpler to understand. Now, did you hear what VA wanted to do instead? Oh, yes. Uh, This is where they wanted to eliminate uh, retro pay. No, no, it's where VA uh, proposed new rules that require, that mandate, all veterans and beneficiaries must only use VA's pre-printed claim forms in order to file a claim or to appeal a VA rating decision. Yes, yes, I did read that. And uh, that, to me, is a nightmare in itself because, as you know, their forms will all be bias and uh, misleading and and uh, uh, they won't be uh, user-friendly, I'm afraid. You know, you're right, and those things are, are all true. Um, you know, at Bergman & Moore, we, um, when we found out about VA's plan that's clearly anti-veteran, we picked up the phone and called reporters. And so there were some news stories about it. And then Bergman and Moore, because we're very concerned about veterans' claim appeal rights, we sent the news story out to you know veterans groups and more reporters so that people would know about what's going on, VA's plan. Um, then Bergman and Moore submitted comments. I believe it was about 16 or 17 pages of comments opposing VA's new idea that would require veterans to use only VA's forms. Now, I got to start off by saying, does it sound reasonable that someone use VA's forms? You know, it does. In a reasonable world, if you didn't know a lot about VA, it sounds, sure, you want a benefit, fill out the form. Just like, you know, you want to get Social Security benefits, you want unemployment benefits, you got to fill out a form. Sounds reasonable, right, Gerald? That's for sure. Here's the big catch, and this is why it takes experts like Bergman and Moore and veteran service organizations to fight back against VA. Did you know that half of all claims are not submitted on VA forms? Half. So that if VA's proposal went through, half of veterans' claims and half of veterans' appeals would be blocked. Ooh, that's bad. Now, you want to know, simple question, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. How can a veteran file a claim and not have the claim on a VA form? Well, that's simple. A veteran can uh, get so sick that he or she becomes unemployable. So the veteran can write a letter to VA saying, Dear VA, my post-traumatic stress disorder is getting so bad that I can't work anymore. I think I need more benefits. That sounds like a reasonable letter to write VA. Right, Gerald? Yes. And that's what veterans do, and that's what's called an informal claim. VA wants to stop that. Okay? Now, we think that what VA wants to do, sure, have forms. That sounds reasonable. Voluntarily, if a veteran can fill out the form, encourage the veteran to use the form. But if the veteran doesn't use the form, don't hold it against him. And here's why. Let's think about our older veterans. They don't have access to the computers to use these forms, right? That's what right. about our Right. What about our veterans, say, in Puerto Rico who don't speak English as their native language? A lot of them were drafted for the Vietnam War and they're in Puerto Rico. Well, they don't speak English. Um, a lot of veterans uh, from the Vietnam War and then in the Iraq and Afghanistan Wars didn't have high school diplomas. 
Okay? So they're not going to understand how the claim process works due to their educational level. Okay? What about a veteran who just doesn't have a computer? Yeah. That's not fair. And now here's where Bergman and Moore really has a serious problem. At Bergman and Moore, we help represent veterans on claim appeals for post-traumatic stress disorder, for traumatic brain injury, and other mental health conditions. Some of those veterans have a lot of anxiety or mental health problems, and they simply have serious challenges filling out the claim form. If VA is the agency that's supposed to be helping veterans, VA should not be looking for a way to block the most vulnerable veterans, the elderly, low education, poor, homeless, veterans with PTSD, veterans with TBI, from filing claims. That's just absolutely wrong. Can we all have an agreement on that, Gerald? Well, you bet. And uh, something else I was wanting to caution people about, you know, these new proposals that they they send out, the VA, any time you're reading a proposal, I always, I've always done this. Any time I come across the word may or well, if the VA says uh, the VA may, that gives them a discretion of their own. You want to stop right there. That's right. And you want to examine that uh, paragraph or sentence they're talking about. And then you'll come to where the veteran will. That, that means the veteran don't have no choice. That means you will. Uh, 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 it's not a recommendation. It means you will uh, do whatever they're instructing you to do. And that's Darryl, one-sided. You are exactly right. In the comments that Bergman and Moore submitted, and by the way, almost every other major veterans groups, lots of veterans law firms, and and even veterans wrote in, to the Federal Register uh, bitterly opposing VA's proposal for these mandated pre-printed forms. But you're right. The language for the new VA proposal says VA, quote, may, close quote. And for veterans, the VA says veterans, quote, will, close quote. And in our view at Bergman and Moore, VA's claims processing is supposed to be friendly, Well, when VA uses that kind of language, what VA is doing is shifting the burden from VA, which under the law, it's called the Veterans Claims Assistance Act, is supposed to help veterans. Now with this proposed rule, it's a dog-eat-dog world. Every veteran for themselves and VA can ignore half of the claims and half of the appeals coming in. This is why the veterans groups came out strongly opposed to this. Well, let's hope they all stay together and move as one unit and let it be known that this is unacceptable. Well, I can send you all their comments if you want, and you can post them up at Hadit. But the Veterans of Foreign Wars, the Disabled American Veterans, the American Legion, the Vietnam Veterans of America, Military Order of the Purple Heart, the Military Officers Association of America, you name it, all those big veterans groups all lined up, paralyzed veterans, you name it, and they are opposing uh, VA's rules. So, But here's the question we've got to ask, and I'm going to change the subject a little bit. Okay, Joe? Why would VA propose this new regulation, this new rule in the Federal Register, requiring that veterans only use VA's pre-printed forms to file a claim and to appeal a VA decision. Why? Well, well because their forms are directional, uh, and and uh, if you have to follow the form, they can be biased in favor of the VA and and uh, switching any any uh, assistance that the VA would give you, you. You have to go out on your own and and dig up your own materials. I think you're you're absolutely right, but I think that there's a more nefarious region. 
the yeah. reason? You know what that is? If VA can block half of the 1.2 million claims that come into VA each year, that means in one year VA might either block or delay or deny a half a million potential claims before that claim ever gets on a claim processor's desk at VA. So if VA wants to eliminate the backlog of claims, VA is going to do it the old-fashioned way. They're just going to stop accepting claims. That's what that's it looks the, like. I mean, that's the appearance are given. And that's absolutely wrong. Bergman and Moore, we actually think that VA has this rule change proposal only for the convenience of the government. And VA's rule change, if you read Bergman and Moore's comments that were submitted, and I can send those to you, and you can post them up at Had It. VA's rule change violates a long list, pages and pages, of court decisions and laws. I mean, really, who does VA think they are to try to overturn decades of court decisions just so that VA can say that it eliminated the backlog? Well, the VA through the DOD thinks they're the supreme power, but uh, that's got to be changed. Well, for all the veterans who are out there, I, they don't need to be too worried about this um, happening in, in the near future. I don't think VA is going to issue what's called a final rule where this proposal actually becomes effective. Uh, that won't happen, if it does at all, for at least six months or a year. And the reason for that is each of the organizations and veterans and law firms like Bergman and Moore that sent in comments opposing VA's regulation have to be reviewed and they have to be answered. Okay? Um, all of those court decisions that Bergman and Moore sent in, a VA employee is going to have to look them up and actually see, is this a court decision that says that VA can't do this or shouldn't do this? Um, and then actually write a response to each of those comments. Um, so at a minimum, the veterans groups, and I hope Bergman and Moore, have slowed down VA's attempt to eliminate the backlog by blocking veterans' claims. So I just want to make sure that there, there isn't a lot of you know overhyping that this is this VA rule is going to happen tomorrow. Um, I think that enough veterans groups made enough of a stink that VA will probably withdraw this proposal. I'm hoping so. But if VA doesn't, Gerald, you know who I'm going to be on the phone with, right? Well, yeah. And we'll be asking everybody out there listening to you know SVR and everybody who goes to the HadIt.com website to be calling up Congress saying, "Oh no, VA." You are not going to break the backlog on the backs of our disabled vets. That's right, and that's what they're trying to do. And and look what we got coming down the pike here. I mean, they can just look here into the near future. What we got coming back from the Middle East? There's a lot of sick veterans coming back, and uh, uh, what's that going to do with this backlog? You know. They're trying to figure out a way to manipulate that. Well, here's what we do know. We do know that the backlog was created by a bunch of forces. Almost all of them were the fault of the government. For example, the government decided to go to the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, right? Right. Okay. Well, that generated one million new claims. Did you know among Iraq and Afghanistan war veterans, they have filed one million disability claims. Wow, in the last 10 years. Now, simple question. How many claims do you think VA was prepared to receive from the Iraq and Afghanistan wars? Probably not. Zero. You're exactly right. <laughs> okay. Now, you know the Agent Orange rule that, that um, VA finally adopted after all those studies and congressional hearings and whatnot? 
VA had to approve hundreds of thousands of new Agent Orange benefits, right? Uh That added to the backlog. And now you may remember there was a group called Veterans for Common Sense. They asked VA to issue new regulations on PTSD claims based on the scientific evidence that shows that PTSD is associated with deploying to a war zone. Did you know that VA Undersecretary for Benefits Allison Hickey testified in front of Congress in December 2013 and said that almost 400,000 veterans have now received PTSD benefits as a result of that new regulation? Wow. See? Then, of course, when the economy went down and lots of veterans had um, uh, lost their jobs and lost their medical insurance, right? right. A lot of veterans who were disabled but were going to uh, VA to, uh, excuse me, going to a private doctor because they had private insurance, um, they lost that when they lost their jobs. Well, lots of veterans, hundreds of thousands of veterans, applied for VA benefits when the economy got got bad. Uh-huh. And now the other reason why the VA backlog keeps going up is really simple. When VA makes a mistake, oh, weren't we just talking about that? When VA makes a mistake, then the veteran appeals, or the veteran reopens his or her claim if the veteran missed their appeal deadline. And that's why the backlog keeps going up and up and up. Yes, it's... Uh... Uh, Paul, uh, let's hold it right here so we can take a uh, station break. I believe we have a commercial here that we can uh, uh, run. Uh, uh, Mike, can you fire up our our little commercial? You're listening to the Haddock.com radio show. Haddock.com is veterans helping veterans. We leave no one behind. Not on a jungle trail, not on a desert trail, and not on a paper trail. If you want any information about the VA, log on to www.hadit.com. Oh, thank you for that. And uh, a good commercial. We like to give Hadit uh, uh, a good plug here. And and uh, we're certainly blessed to have Hadit uh, being so loyal to us and, and sticking with us. Uh, a lot of this has been trial and error trying to keep everything going. But uh, at the same time, uh, don't forget our call-in number is 347-237-4819. And uh, if any of you have a question or a comment for Paul, uh, uh, please, uh, please give us uh, a holler here, and and uh, he'll be glad to answer you. Yeah, if if he don't uh, know the answer, we'll make one up. <laughs> so back to you, Paul. Well, let's talk about some good news for veterans. We've been oh, really hard on VA for a while, but let let's be good to VA for a couple of minutes. Um, we, we we put up a blog at our uh, Bergman and Moore website, uh, vetlawyers.com, that talks about VA's new rules for traumatic brain injury, or TBI. Uh, TBI is one of those signature wounds from the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, and TBIs come from uh, bomb blasts or vehicle accidents, uh, uh, over in, in the war zone, and basically that means a, a pretty good concussion. Uh, sometimes it can be pretty severe, uh, like an open traumatic brain injury where you get shot in the head or you get shrapnel in your head, uh, all the way down to um, being inside a vehicle that gets blown up and you get bounced around like a ping-pong ball inside a shoebox for a little while. Um, so VA did the right thing. VA followed the science and VA issued new rules uh, granting benefits for traumatic brain injury. So if there are any veterans out there uh, who've suffered problems from uh, the Iraq or Afghanistan wars or any other wars uh, related to uh, traumatic brain injury, they should go and see a veteran service organization like the Disabled American Veterans or Veterans of Foreign Wars or AMVETS, uh, whatnot, 
uh, Vietnam Veterans of America, call them up and see if you might be able to qualify for those new benefits. That's something that VA is doing the right thing on. Well, uh, let's put that on our calendar, Paul. I'm glad it's been something beneficial. And uh, it's about time. They have given the, the TBI uh, uh, veterans uh, a difficult time, and uh, so many of them, uh, and there's quite a few. I mean, there's a lot of veterans over there that was involved in, in some of them roadside bombings and, and uh, what have you. So we have quite a few veterans that uh, are deserving uh, with TBI injuries, and it's so difficult to prove up. Uh, well, of course, the ones that have actually, uh, where they've had to go in and put plates in their skulls and stuff, they know there's no argument there, but uh, there's some over there that, you know, if they don't see an injury, they don't can consider an injury. It seems to me with the VA. You know, you're you're right, and um, you know the number of Iraq and Afghanistan war veterans with mild to serious TBI is estimated to be about 20 percent, according to Rand. That's a think tank here in in Washington. And if you do the math, the U.S. has sent 2.7 million service members over to the Iraq and Afghanistan war zones. Twenty percent of that, you're pushing well, that's five, over four hundred, four five hundred thousand. That's five hundred thousand or so yeah. veterans who had some sort of concussion or TBI during their wartime service. Look, let's be frank with everybody. War is really dangerous. You get shot at, you get blown up, you get stabbed. There's shrapnel. War isn't pretty. You're out in the desert. You're, the diet is not good. The environment is not good. You're sleeping on concrete floors. You're sleeping in the sand. You're sleeping in the mud. Stuff blowing up all night. You don't get good sleep. So, you know, war war is a really bad thing. And uh, I think VA did the right thing to finally grant benefits for the uh, for the traumatic brain injury. If you want to learn more about that, you can go to our, uh, you know, Bergman and Moore blog. And then something else that we put up there this morning on our blog is that uh, VA is now issuing these new training videos or, let's say, public education videos. So if you go to our website today at uh, vetlawyers.com and click on blog at the, the top of the page, you'll see one of VA's new videos that talk about how VA is supposedly streamlining the claim process. Um, VA's got a bunch of these videos out. We just posted up one. And, you know, it's a good thing for veterans to go ahead and see VA's educational videos. you got to give VA some credit. In the past, VA made the whole claim process like some kind of behind-the-curtain Wizard of Oz thing, magic. You know, you don't want to know what's going on. Um, so you got to hand it to VA that at least uh, VA's doing that. Um, so all that's that's the good news out of VA. Well, I'm glad to hear they're finally doing something. Uh, it's about time, because I know they have given them, uh, the veterans with TBI a, a difficult time and, and tried to call it personality disorders and stuff like that. Uh, it's it's not right. So, and they have records of that. So there shouldn't be any question about whether they they were exposed to a a, a bomb blast. But uh, uh, John, do you have anything here you want to ask Paul before we run out of time? Yeah, Paul, as I asked you, does Congress have the power to uh, tear the VA down and build it back from a funding standpoint? Sure, Congress can do whatever they want, but there's two parts to that equation. Can Congress do it and will Congress do it? Um, I will say this, 
Congress gave VA about a billion dollars for their new computer systems. And uh, and VA said that with computers that it would help eliminate the claim backlog and make more accurate and, and, and more faster claim decisions. Well, VA got the money for the computers. Sometimes the computers are working, sometimes they're not. Looks like they're working most of the time, but no one's seen any real change in speed or quality since VA got the computers. So Congress, you know, gave them a lot of money. Uh, just for the computers. In another way, Congress gave VA lots of money to hire more staff. Okay? VA got more staff. However, the number of claims also went up. So again, VA wasn't able to um, process claims any faster or process claims any more accurately. So it looks like, you know, Congress can do some major overhauls of VA, but whatever Congress is trying so far isn't working. The number of claims pending at VA is remaining steady at 1.4 million, and it has been for the last year. It just appears like they've got too many people at the top that have nothing to do except sit around make up stupid bullcrap rules and and rins and and proposals to uh, to really uh, you know try to streamline their process to make it more in their favor than it is for the veterans. So they need to. It needs to be tore down from the top because they've got way too many folks in high-level positions that need to that don't need a job. Because if they don't, you know, if that's all they have to do, then they've got too much time on their hands. There's a lot of people who agree with you, starting with Chairman Miller, who said that you know some top officials at VA ought to go. Um, but every once in a while, you know, VA does something right. You know, it's generally been VA and DOD that have come up with new advances in prosthetics. you got to give it to them. They're doing a good job. VA has those vet centers, and with proper funding, the number of vet centers grew by 50% to more than 300, and the number of veterans that they're they're treating for mental health conditions went way up. So, you know, with but some programs at VA, there's there's some good successes. I mean, we hear all the horror stories of the veterans dying, waiting, and the VA officials getting these huge undeserved bonuses. But let's end on a on a good note with some some really serious news while we're wrapping up here. Um, I talked maybe two three months ago when we did uh, one of these shows about the suicides among uh, service members and veterans, and we got some good news. The number of suicides among active duty service members is starting to go down. Okay? And that's reason to exhale and to to just be be pleased that it's that it's uh, it's it's going down. It's not going up, it's not remaining the same. The number of suicides is going down. Now, if you ask anybody with a grain of common sense why, well, we're not sending as many troops over to the war. That's the bottom line answer. Now, here's some other good news. Did you know VA's suicide prevention hotline is up to 35,000 veterans' lives saved? Wow. Okay. VA's taken a million calls and chats and texts at their suicide prevention hotline. That's 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255. Did you know that VA is saving 22 suicidal veterans a day at that hotline? So that's great. That's absolutely fantastic. Every one of those VA employees in Canandaigua, New York, being led by you know Dr. Jan Kemp up there, uh, they need to get a medal. They're saving lives every day. Um, but did you know, here's the sad part about it. VA had to get sued in order to set up that veteran crisis line, VA suicide hotline. So it's a funny way things work. You know, there has to be Congress in there. There has to be veterans advocates out there. And, of course, there has to be Bergman and Moore ready to sue VA for veterans on claim appeals to make sure that the system keeps improving. Yeah, there's lots of, lots of, lots of problems with VA. I'm definitely going to say that. But let me end by saying this. I remember about 15 years ago, having lunch, and then uh, I guess I can say this on the radio, a couple of shots of tequila and vodka with a bunch of veterans from the Soviet Union who had fought in the Afghanistan War in the 1980s, okay? Their government 
was given their disabled veterans who had amputations about $200 a month. Our veterans, similarly disabled, get about $3,000 a month. Okay? There are no veterans' hospitals on the same level that we have here in what's now Russia, what used to be the Soviet Union. There aren't big veterans groups over there in Russia like there are here. Uh, There is no huge Veterans Affairs Department, although there are some agencies that help veterans. So when you compare the United States with the rest of the world, you got to be clear. The U.S. actually does a pretty good job. There's some countries that do a little bit better, like Australia and a few others. Um, But the United States actually does a pretty good job taking care of our, our veterans. But we need to make it better. And then, especially when VA wants to do something that's just plain old wrong, plain old stupid, like mandating that veterans must use VA's printed forms, then it's going to be, you know, the veterans groups and law firms like Bergman and Moore that step into the breach and say, oh, no, VA, don't go there. Um, So those are my closing thoughts for for the start of uh, 2014. VA's claim backlog is still $1.4 VA still makes mistakes in 30% of the claims, leading to a lot of appeals. Uh, But Bergman & Moore is still here, and we're going to be helping veterans with their claim appeals uh, for as long as we can keep in the fight. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, Somewhere, let's hope that uh, Congress wakes up and and will finally put their foot down and, and... bring an end to this. I I just don't see a legitimate excuse for any backlogs. Uh, You know, the government's pretty big, and and they should be able to handle every claim. And uh, uh, they shouldn't have to put a claim through ten different stages before they make a decision. And and that... uh, that's just nothing but adversarial to the bedroom. Oh, you're exactly right. You're exactly VA needs more staff. They need trained staff. They need computers that work. They need leaders that aren't worried worried about padding their own pockets and who care about our vets. You're you're right on all those things. Congress needs to be involved every day on this. I mean, if I was a congressman and I was the chairman of the committee, I'd be holding a hearing every week on this. I believe I will. Yeah, there's no doubt. Something has to be done. Someone has to have the authority to make the necessary decisions uh, to get this mess straightened out. And it's not sloppy housekeeping. It's it's become a common practice. Uh, It's become a... Well, look, we've been doing this for years. Let's do this. And uh, they just keep doing the same old thing over and over. Why why is that? Well, we keep trying to fix it. If you look at where VA was about five years ago, uh, believe it or not, VA is doing a little bit better in some areas, but it's doing a lot worse in some other areas. Yes, it is. And we'll be here again next month, right, Gerald, to talk about all this again? You bet, and uh, we really appreciate you coming on, and uh, we appreciate Bergman and Moore, what they do. And uh, it's certainly a pleasure to have you come on here, Paul, and give us the straight of it all. I like working with you guys, and you know for me, you get a straight answer. (laughs) (laughs) I might talk a little long, but you know you're going to get it full bore. Oh, well, that's good. That's good. Lady says we we have 50 seconds. 50 seconds. Okay. Uh, Thanks for coming on, Paul. John, thank you there, our co-host, Jay Basser, and uh, Stretch, thank you, and uh, thank the Haddock website. Uh, We're always uh, uh, proud to represent the Haddock, and... uh, their membership, and and this is uh, uh, Daryl Cook with the Added uh, Podcast. Uh, we'll be signing off for now.